going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talking a Bunch of Hoopla. I just wanted to do a quick update first before we get into the podcast. I had mentioned in the last episode I did, which is November 20th, about how I was going to start doing podcasts on Mondays, and that's still going to happen. But the reason I haven't posted this past Monday was I had gotten into a you know a car accident that I won't get super into because there's still things I can't talk about or get into, but I'm okay. Everybody involved is um, fine to my understanding, but that was the reason why I couldn't get in. And I've just been sore and in pain these last few days. So, but now that that's, I'm kind of back on, you know, kind of getting back into things and, you know, just making sure I'm all right at the end of the day. But we're here now. We're back. Got my equipment up and running. Uh, like I, if you haven't listened to the latest podcast that I did, I got a new mic and an audio interface. So I'm very excited for that. I'm using that currently, so now the quality of this is going up exponentially. Instead of using my camera's audio, now I have better and professional, quote-unquote, audio, so I'm excited for that. Um, Yeah, so thank you for coming back and understanding. Um, Every Monday, though, will be new episodes, I promise that, so be on the lookout for that every Monday, and let's just get into it. So last Monday, I had briefly talked about you know what was going on with Colin Kaepernick after his workout that he kind of switched up on everybody Uh, I was talking about the whole Miles Garrett Mason Rudolph thing talking about whether or not Alabama can you know perform well with Mac Jones starting as their quarterback with Tua being out and Carmelo being back at the NBA and to do some quick updates Carmelo recently just won Western player Western Conference player of the week excuse me Um, he's averaged like 17.7 points a game Gets like 30 minutes per game. And currently, the uh, Trailblazers are 8-12, and 12, but he's been helping them look a lot better. And he's, you know, shown a lot of people that at the age of 35, he can still perform well and still do well. So that's, you know, great to see. And it's also proves to a lot of GMs, it's like, you know, you're kind of stupid for letting Carmelo just sit there for a whole year. And letting, I mean, obviously, like I said in previous episode, I felt that it gave him time to, you know, really get better mentally and physically. And just to, you know, kind of not humble himself, but kind of to understand, you know, that the NBA has changed a bit since the last time he really fully played, even though it's only been a couple of years really since that. But that I think, you know, he seems like in a better place now and seems a lot happier with the Trailblazers. So hope the best for him and hopefully he keeps that kind of this new mellow wave going because I'm sure that excitement has also been great for just for NBA fans and mellow diehard fans as well. So, um, Alabama, though, uh, currently 12th in the college football playoff rankings, um, which is very surprising. Uh, Mac Jones has played well, though. Um, he has 1,100 yards, has 10 touchdowns. His rating is solid. You know, he's played well, but at the end of the day, Alabama isn't really the same at the moment without Tua. And the big question right now is whether or not Tua is either going to enter the draft or come back. Personally, I feel at least it seems like the type of player he is, he's going to want to come back for another season to redeem himself in Alabama, saying that, hey, sure, I was out and we didn't perform up to our standards, but, you know, we still have a great team. I'm back and I'm healthy and I want to bring Alabama back a national championship, you know, even though they might not even make a New York Six Bowl, nonetheless. Um, but I wouldn't also be surprised if he ended the draft. You know, he's, uh, at least in a lot of people's mock drafts at the moment, a first-round talent still, even after the injury. So that's still great to see. That, you know, the people aren't just like, oh, well, he's injured now. And a second, third-round, you know, pick. 
I mean, he still has a talent to be a first round pick. Whether or not he, you know, translates well into the NFL is another question. And that's a whole other conversation for another day. But I'm curious to see what happens with Alabama now. And a lot of people I've seen online say that, oh, this is the end of Alabama. You know, they're no longer the team, you know, in the like the like the college they used to be. Nick Saban's done. Is this the end of Nick Saban? It's like everybody relax. They've had like one bad season. And it's, you know, their best player has been out. It happens. Plus, hopefully with this happening, it humbles Alabama. You know what I mean? It's saying that, you know, sure. You know, you get down, you get knocked down hard. It happens to the best of teams. Plus, you have teams like Ohio State playing really well. LSU, you know, Georgia's been playing well. Clemson's been playing well. So, obviously, it it's great. It's also, at least in my opinion, I think it's made college football better seeing these teams step up and really perform well instead of us just seeing Alabama just year in and year out, just dominate everybody, go to a national championship game, you know, demolish who they play there and keep going. It's kind of like the Patriots of college football, to be honest. Like, you know, they crush everybody, they win. It's like, all right, we get it. So now that they're kind of being bumped down a bit and kind of, you know, getting their, you know, getting them knocked out a bit, it's like it's nice for them to, Hopefully they come back, you know, they reevaluate themselves after the season and what they want to do. Because I'm sure some coaches are probably going to get fired. Some people are going to get promoted and that, you know, they turn it around because it's still Alabama. It's not like they were this kind of randomly like kind of ass school and then they were just now they're great, but then they're going to get knocked down again. It's like, excuse me, it's Alabama. They're going to be good. They've been good for decades now. So, um, yeah, I don't think Alabama's done. I don't think Nick Saban's done. Like I said, I think it's just like a step back from what we're used to, and people really enjoy that, of course. So everyone loves seeing, you know, the top dog being knocked down for a while. So, but let me know your thoughts. You know, are you excited for one that Carmelo is back in the NBA and performing really well? Also, do you think Alabama is done? Do you think this is the end of the Nick Saban era? You know, do you think they're going to bring somebody else in, or you know, do you think they're going to try to, you know, reevaluate and bring, you know, keep, excuse me, keep Nick Saban again? hopefully they, you know, restock? Or do you think everyone's overreacting? You know, do you believe that, sure, everyone takes a step back here and there, but it's Alabama, you know, they still have a core, great organization behind them and nothing's going to change? Let me know your thoughts. And let's get on to some more updated news, though. So, Ron Rivera, head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Panthers? I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Panthers has been fired today. Uh, currently, they're 5-7, and seven, so they're obviously they're – most likely not making the playoffs this year, which I think is whatever. I mean, that's kind of understandable with, you know, Cam Newton being out all season and Kyle Allen, you know, backing up well, and, and eventually starting for the Carolina Panthers. So, but I know the big thing is whoever they bring in, the first thing is going to be whether or not they keep Cam Newton after this season. Because a lot of people, a lot of experts and analysts talk about how this could be Cam Newton's last year with the Panthers, and he could be traded somewhere like the Bears or whoever, or whoever needs his services, to be honest. And then maybe Kyle Allen is their future, or they go in the draft to get somebody. But it sucks to see Ron Rivera get fired, you know, especially with the season's not over yet. There's still, like, four games left, I believe. So I kind of wish they just let him just ride it out, and maybe they could have went. Nine and seven, maybe they couldn't finished eight and eight, you know, or seven and nine or something. But you know, even though the owner David Tepper said that he thought it was time, 
I mean, I get it. You made that Super Bowl appearance, and they expected to, you know, kind of continue that ride and perform well, and they really haven't lived up to that since. So I'm sure the, you know, front office and ownership was kind of like, obviously, since we're not clearly back to that level of playing again, that we need to make a change. But hopefully it works out, you know, you know, for the best for them, because last thing you want to see is them regret firing Ron Rivera and they bring in someone else and it gets worse <laughs> for them after that. Surprisingly, though, I've seen Jerry Jones say that Jason Garrett is going to be a coach in the NFL next season. I didn't read the full quote, but that is why bring him back when he's proven to not really do all that well. Sure, the Cowboys have had decent seasons the last couple of years with Jason Garrett, but overall, he's not the answer to their problems. But I think the biggest problem, though, for the Cowboys is Jerry Jones himself. I think the biggest problem is the fact that he has too many positions within the team, so his opinion matters more than it already does by being the owner. You know, I feel like if they brought in other people to fill in the positions that he currently has, that can hopefully, you know, make the Cowboys better. Because it seems like ever since, you know, they've won those Super Bowls that it's like, oh, well, Jerry Jones is like, oh, it's been me. Like, I'm I'm the reason they're good. But it's like Jimmy Johnson is and was an exceptional coach, and he is the reason why, the, you know, the Cowboys had that Super Bowl run. And, I, yes, I understand that after Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Johnson was, you know, no longer their head coach, Barry Switzer came in from Oklahoma and won a Super Bowl. But in my opinion, anybody who understands football in the slightest or even is like a casual fan, in my opinion, could have brought that team to the Super Bowl regardless. Not that I'm saying Barry Switzer was a bad coach, but there was too much good and in favor of the Cowboys that year for them not to win a Super Bowl. So, you know, I, I just, I don't know. But I also don't think Jerry Jones is going to change anything anytime soon unless, not to get dark, but unless he like dies or something happens to him then I think the Cowboys are going to stick to what they've been doing since those Super Bowl runs. Is They'll make a playoff, they'll maybe win the division, and then get eliminated early off in the playoffs. And then everyone's like, oh my God, what happened? It's like because they're not good. They make bad decisions constantly. It's not like they have a bad team either. Dak Prescott's a really good quarterback. They have a great running back in Ezekiel Elliott. You know, their wide receivers have been playing well with Michael Gallup. Uh, Randall Cobb has been all right. And Mark Cooper's been playing really well since that trade from Oakland. And their defense is solid. They have young players, you know, and good veterans on their D-line. So there's a lot in their favor. It just, for some odd reason, they just can't figure it out. Because they'll play well for a bit, and then they'll just shit the bed playing against bad teams. So it's like, they'll win when it doesn't matter, and then lose when it should matter. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, I don't understand. But, I don't know. I don't think anything's going to change with them anytime soon, though, but... I think Cowboy fans just get ready because it's just not going to get any better. So just kind of accept it and just hope for the best. So, but on to other things in the NFL, at least. Uh, Baltimore Ravens are currently the number one team in the NFL, which as a fan of them is great. Uh, that 49ers game, though, was really good. Uh, a lot of people, their whole big thing was how they shut down Lamar and everything, but because they limited him to only 105 passing yards. But he also got 101 rushing yards, so it's whatever. You know, you can make your own opinion with that. But I think it was a great game, though. A lot of people think that may be a Super Bowl preview. Uh, personally, I think the Saints or probably the Seahawks will end up in the Super Bowl, to be honest, seeing that the 49ers have, have lost to the Seahawks and then the Seahawks lost to the Ravens, so you, can, you could, you know, do with that how you may. Uh, 
So, but I and I was having a conversation with a friend about the Ravens, and my friend was talking about how I don't know how serious he was though, but he was comparing Lamar Jackson to a Peyton Manning, in in the sense of you know plays great in the regular season, but when it comes to the playoffs in the Super Bowl, ends up tanking. You know, ends up for whatever reason not performing well, and the team just doesn't make it. But as a you know, it's a biased opinion to be completely honest, but. I think who the Ravens have in their personnel, I think they're going to make a Super Bowl. I don't see any team in the AFC right now. I think maybe besides the Chiefs, but I don't know. Um, that can really, I think, beat Baltimore you know, decisively. Um, I mean, because Baltimore's been on a tear these last eight games, and their closest game has been the 49ers game. You know, they lost. They only won by three points with the game-winning struggle by Justin Tucker, which was great, by the way. Um, and also, I think... It kind of like kind of humbled Baltimore away because they've been dominating for the last few weeks, and seeing a good team as in Forty Niners, especially how they ran the ball against you know the uh, the Ravens, and you know the the wide receivers are playing really well. That you know there is you know teams out there that can really compete against them you know and get close to beating them, but Baltimore seems to you know prove that. With Lamar Jackson, you know, and who they have at, you know, Mark Andrews at tight end and Mark Ingram and running back and their other players on the depth chart that they can really, you know, prove that they're a really great team. And I mentioned it. I don't know if I mentioned it at all, actually, in other podcasts, but friends of mine, before the season started, we all did, like, uh, predictions for our team's uh, schedules. And when it came to Baltimore, my friends were, like, uh, 9-7, and 10-6, and six. Uh, I believe my friend said like he they they were gonna go five and eleven. I was the only one who said fourteen and uh, two, and everyone laughed at me. They're like, "Yeah, okay, you really believe that Baltimore's gonna go fourteen and two? <clears throat> Excuse me. And I was like, "Yeah, why would I not have faith in my team?" <clears throat> Excuse me. And so far, if Baltimore wins out, I'd be correct. You know, did I think they were gonna perform? You know the way they have this year with Lamar Jackson in the running game. Personally, no. Um, but they've been playing like lights out, and Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, running the ball wise have been great. Uh, Mark Andrews has been playing great. You know, as a tight end this year. Um, also, the chemistry of the team just seems really good, and I think that plays a huge part of it as well. You know, they all seem to want to play well together, and also just they also just seem like they're all been friends forever, which I think is great. You know, even at the end of the 49ers game when Justin Tucker was doing his press conference, he's like, yeah, you know, over the last few weeks, there's, you know, we've been playing great and I think I just say like big trust. And he goes, I'll take any questions now. So even, you know, even when it goes down to the kicker that this team is really all, you know, playing as one, you know, they're all playing for each other. And I think that's great. Hopefully they can keep that, you know, core mentality and core players after the season because, if, for example, you know, Baltimore does win the Super Bowl, there's always that year it's like whether or not, you know, a lot of players stay or a lot of players go in free agency because there are still some players that Baltimore, you know, can re-sign before the season's over. And they've been slowly doing that, you know, every few weeks or so, re-signing players. So I think that's a great start. Um, I know a big thing, too, is whether or not Marcus Peters is going to stay after the season. Um, personally, I hope he does. He seems to really enjoy Baltimore and, who we have, you know, there, and he seems to be having a good time, and he, he's also been playing well. Excuse me. So, as a fan, I hope he resigns, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he did leave to get a really good contract after the year. But 
We'll see what happens with that. Um, in the NFC, though, like I said, I think my Super Bowl, my at least my prediction is the Saints going into the Super Bowl. Um, I I just think Drew Brees just you know is the guy that can really. I mean, obviously he's been the guy for New Orleans since he joined, but I just think this year with how Michael Thomas has been playing and. I think that that's going to be the big game changer unless someone can shut down Michael Thomas, which has been tough because he's leading, he's the leading receiver this year. That I think they're the team to be, of course. I mean, Seattle's just right on their, you know, right on their case too. So it's that's very neck and neck with them. So we'll see what happens with that. So the next thing I wanted to talk about real quick, um, it happened this past week was this whole Kyrie Irving thing. So uh, when the Nets played the Boston Celtics this past week. Uh, Kyrie Irving got booed while, you know, playing. So, and then he, after the game, decides to go to Instagram to talk about, you know, how he feels about all this and his opinion and what's going on. So, he says, it happens all the time, and tonight just shows how sports slash entertainment will always be ignorant and obtrusive. It's one big show that means very, very little in the real world that most people live in because they are actually there are actually things that matter going on within it. Like figuring out a life that means more to you than a damn ball going into a hoop or learning how to grow up and being growing up being in a fishbowl of society based on your popularity level as a person or even dealing with becoming the leader of your family after someone's passing and not knowing how to deal with life after it happens. But this is a game of sports entertainment uh, matters more than someone's mental health and well-being, right? Or the real life things that happen to people every day, but they still have to perform for the NBA and its fans, right? It's all about doing it for the fans and organization that love you so much. Think again, it's a game, and it's promoted as a fandom experience for ticket buyers and viewers at home while defacing who people truly are as people. Then spat out all over these social media networks as valuable food for thought while they actually believe that their opinions hold weight to real cultural leaders that speak and act for change. One big gimmick with some smoke and mirrors. I'll always be the one that takes a stand and speaks on the truth every time, though. A purposeful and spiritual-led life will always be bigger and more meaningful than any sports arena or any entertainment space. This game isn't meant to be controlled or shown as drama. It's meant to show the love. Love for the art is the only damn thing that keeps the pursuit, sorry, the purest people in this giant sports slash entertainment circus. Don't fall for the game that's played in front of you for as entertainment. It'll never be as serious as dealing with life. And a lot of people, you know, even even last year with what went on with Kyrie, a lot of people think he's super emotional or he doesn't care. But I just think... I would imagine he's probably saying things that a lot of players do probably agree with, you know, sports athletes and entertainers and so on and so forth, whether they're a singer, actor, dancer, uh, who, whatever they do within entertainment or sports or sports entertainment are seen more, more as like not people, but just like what they do. You know, everyone sees LeBron James. They see him as a basketball player because sure that is his job, but that's more than what he is. You know, he's a father, I'm sure he's a he's a friend, he's he's a husband, but because of what he does for a living, that more people care about that than they do anything else, and don't really care about any of that besides him playing basketball really well. And so, I also feel like at the same time, when it comes to this, and this is just speaking from an outside perspective, that 
you're basically forced to have tough skin when it comes to this. You know, you're in a sport that is very dominated by people's opinions and, you know, you're getting yelled at, I'm sure, while playing. You go on your phone, go on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and you see people that love you and praise you and wish the best for you. But then also at the same time, you see probably more people who hate you, wish you the worst, probably talk shit to you constantly, wish the most terrible things to you and your family, yet they've never met you and only just see what they see on TV and on the internet. And there's this big divide between who we see on TV and actually who these people are. You know, because like for me, for example, I'm probably never going to meet any of the top sports athletes in any sport ever. That's most likely what that's going to be in my life. You know, I'm never going to have a chance to talk to LeBron James or Kyrie Irving or like a Mike Trout or a Derek Jeter or a Peyton Manning or you you get the picture. Like most of us, we'll never talk to them. This is as far as I'm really going to get to them unless they come on the show, which would be great. But, you know, a lot of the times, especially when we're with friends and it comes to sports, you know, we love talking shit. You know, we love saying, oh, that, that guy fucking sucks. He's a bum. He should be out of the league. Yet at the same time, this is someone's livelihood. Like they have a family probably, you know, they have bills they have to pay. And it's easy just for us to say, oh, they're not worth that contract. What the fuck were they thinking paying him or her this much? Like, what, what is this? Why are they still here? Why, how do they have a spot on the team? They're terrible. And you get the gist. But I think that'll always be the divide between players and fans and even like front office, you know, and players and so on. You know, it's easy for us to criticize all these players while, you know, we're at home, you know, talking about it and the actions of our words have, there's no consequences. There are no consequences. Yet, if we said that to the player's face, I'm sure they would react a lot differently and probably say something back, probably going off of most likely the negative thing you say, or they'll just ignore and brush you off because I'm sure this isn't the first time in their however long career that they've heard someone say some shit to them that's negative. But even myself, I talk shit all the time when I say, you know, terrible things. But at the end of the day, I don't really mean it. I joke around a lot because I don't want anyone to lose their job like that. Like that shit sucks. That's like me going to any other place of like, that you know, like a Marshall's or a grocery store. Like, yo, that cashier over there or that fucking person stocking the shelves is fucking garbage. Like we, they should be fired. And sometimes you go to a manager and that shit happens. Like, no. <laughs> Just because you feel they're doing a bad job, most likely doesn't mean they're pro- they're doing a bad job. It's most likely you're the issue. And that's how it is in any field. You know, nobody sees the, the, the person they see working, doing a sport, or while they go shopping, or, you know, whatever they're buying, or whatever service they're using. They don't see that person as a person. They see a person who's fucking up their thing and, you know, in the way of them getting what they want from this product or service. You know, I like for me, I work in a grocery store and people get mad at me all the time for shit that's out of my control that I have no, I have have nothing to do with, but they don't really care that they see that something went wrong and they go to me for it because I'm the direct line from what happened. So, and sometimes I've been told I should be fired. I've had people throw stuff at me. People are terrible at the end of the day, but I get why Kyrie feels like this. You know, it's people always forget that, you know, people have feelings and exist. But once be, once you become this person of fame 
or in power or you have a ton of money that no people no longer care what you have to say. They go, well, you're rich. Why the fuck does it matter what you think or feel? Like, you, all your problems are saved. You know, you have no more problems. Yet, as it's proven to us within history, that means nothing. You know, that most likely causes more problems than it does. Because I'm sure Kyrie, I'm sure still loves the game of basketball, but I'm sure he would just love it in a way where he liked it before, where he wasn't this super huge star in the NBA and getting paid all his money. I'm sure he'd be able just to play basketball, sure, make some money from it so he can feed his family and help them if they need it. And then, you know, some fame. So it's not too crazy. But, you know, at the end of the day, this isn't going to change or anything like that. It's going to be like this until either something probably drastic happens or it, it'll just get worse for players and they basically just get off social media 100% completely and then, you know, Fans just talk shit to no one. But because also at the same time, you see all these people who talk shit, but then they meet the person, you know, at the court or on the field or they talk to them on Twitter and they're like, oh, my God, I'm, I was just want a reaction from you. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm actually a big fan, but I had no other way to contact you, which is fair because a lot of time people tend to respond more to the negative stuff than they do positive stuff. But that's neither here nor there. But let me know your thoughts on that. You know, do you think Kyrie re- overreacted? about getting booed, you know, at the the garden in Boston? Or do you think he was justified? You know, do you think his feelings make sense? You know, the why he's been feeling this way for a while? Um, you know, I, I think so. I get why he feels that way, but a lot of people, you know, experts and all that disagree. Because even recently, Kevin Garnett said he didn't have the cojones to play in Boston, which, uh, okay, that's a weird comment to make. But I get why he'd say that, you know, because Boston's a huge major market for sports. And if you don't perform at the level as Boston fans want, they will let you know how much they don't like you. That also goes for any other major market, whether it's, you know, Boston or New York or uh, like Dallas or Los Angeles and so on and so forth. That happens anywhere you go, especially in places like Boston and New York. But uh, I don't know. That's a tough situation that I can't relate to, to be honest. So it is what it is at this point. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about, though, because I kind of covered everything I wanted to talk about. Um, and I, I most likely most I don't have a lot of viewers at the moment or listeners. But if in the future anyone hears this, I'm speaking to mainly like high school athletes to college athletes. Um, don't let these, at least in my experience, just as a fan and seeing how this goes with all these experts and analysts ranking players with high school to college, they have like their five-star rankings and, and then in college they do like their mock drafts and everything like that. I would say to a lot of players, I, I would imagine that shit would get to you, especially if you're not like highly recruited or highly ranked, you know, just keep doing your best. That's all we, that's all you can really ask for because it's been proven many of times that, even players who go in the first round or are highly recruited end up not performing well. You know, they don't live up to their expectations. And then, yeah, at the same time, the player who's like the two-star who goes and plays actually plays a lot better because they have more to work for in retrospect than it would be for someone who's highly recruited. And it seems like it's easier for them to do it. But it's not. You know, just because you're lower ranked or, you know, you may not even been recruited out of high school or, going into college and, you know, you looking at your potential in the professional leagues looks very sleek, still just go for it. 
you know, you don't know what can happen. Anything could change. There's always a possibility of your dreams coming true. And it's been done plenty of times where you see players go undrafted or players who may, you know, play overseas and still have successful careers, you know, or just go into, you know, the media side of, you know, the sport you're in or so on and so forth, you know. Maybe playing's not there for you, but sometimes, you know, maybe you talking about the sport is great or being a coach. You know, I don't want players to give up just because, you know, they see the flasher players who have better opportunities and have more access to money and, you know, transportation and so on and so forth to get to these events where they get their name out there and things like that. You know, it's 2019. The Internet is the best tool you have to really get your name out there. So whether it's starting a YouTube channel or an Instagram page or a Twitter page or, you know, collaborating with like, you know, maybe an editor to make your highlights look great or anything or, you know, maybe working with your school to like, you know, help your, you know, maybe your recruiting or however it is, you know, I honestly just say just keep going. It's that's the best advice I have. I know it's cliche and it's a lot of times people think it's bullshit, but it's it's the most honest answer I have, you know, because. I'm sure giving up and everything, yeah, it's easier. And I understand sometimes people's situations may need for you to, you know, stop doing what you're doing if it's not working in your favor at the moment. But, you know, you don't know what can happen. It's anything is possible. You know, maybe if you kept sticking to it, if you gave it six more months, maybe some changes. Maybe if you gave it another year or two, something changes. We, You know, anything is possible. As long as, you, I feel like, and I understand a lot of people, this may not happen because that's just the reality of it. And the chance of getting in professional leagues or anything is obviously super slim. But the chance is still there. And a lot of people say, oh, especially when like parents or guardians or parental figures to kids. Like, oh, well, work. you should focus on something else because the chance of you getting in the league is so small. But there's a the key word is the chance. Everybody has a fair chance. You know, whether... Sure, you may not be able to go to these, you know, these camps or play for a top AAU team or being able to practice at the best facilities. Like, I feel like as for a lot of players, as long as you really want it and do your best day in and day out to perform the best that you can, that you can make it. You can be from the small town that, like, doesn't have a lot going for it, and you can make it out and play well and live the life that you want to live, whether you want to be a baseball player or a soccer player, you want to do lacrosse, you want to be a swimmer, you want to fucking do backyard wrestling or underwater fucking chess, you can do it. I truly believe in anybody who just wants to try. You know, even for me, I'm also saying this to myself as well, because at least I can only speak for myself that I'm very, I'm very um, of like the type where I'm very hard on myself and I put myself down a lot and, you know, I'm the reason why I may not be where I want to be and that's my own fault, but I'm working on it and I'm just trying to like, even with this, you know, I don't know where this podcast is going to go. I may never make it in the podcast world. You know, one day I may, but I'm still having fun and I enjoy it. And obviously I'd like to build some type of community within this to really, you know, get people together and, you know, get something going. But I understand that also takes time. Being patient is key and all that. And I know it sound very motivational and bullshitty, but Sadly, it's all true. Like, it's just giving yourself a chance to really m try to make your dreams come true. Because I'm sure there's so many people who could have been great that stopped too early because of something happened or they got discouraged or someone got in their head to fuck with them and tell them their dream isn't worth it. But seriously, like, just believe in yourself. Give yourself an honest chance and just give it time. 
you know, there's plenty of opportunities out there. You know, I'm sure there could be something along the way that may even satisfy you more in life, may give you something more fulfillment out of life that you may not have found if you, you know, didn't continue with what you, whatever you feel you believe your dream in life is. So I'm sorry that I got kind of motivational, but I just kind of felt like I had to say that, <clears throat> especially after me being in a car crash recently kind of makes me more kind of appreciative of life, to be honest, at this moment, because it was a little dark for that hot second. But I'm here, and that's the most important. So I thank you all for taking the time, if you made it this far on the podcast. Um, you know, if you'd like to share it with your friends and family, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Anchor, Stitcher, Radio Public, uh, and any other, you know, maybe apps, you know, third-party apps you have on your uh, Android or Apple phone and things like that. You can look it up, talk to a bunch of hoopla. Um, I appreciate it if you also rated it as well. That also helps the podcast. You can follow me on my social medias uh, on Instagram and Twitter at some internet show. You can search it and it'll probably be the, the only option there to be honest. So that'd also be appreciative if you did that. Um, I'm going to post another episode of the podcast this week to kind of make up for my lack of posting recently. So be on the lookout for that as well. Um, you know, I appreciate the time if, again, if you made it this far, I apologize if I was coughing too much or my voice was in and out. I'm still kind of recovering from everything. So, yeah, that's all I have for today. Um, I appreciate everybody understanding what's going on in my situation. And, you know, good things are to come. You know, quality is getting better. And, you know, my my enjoyment of this is getting a lot better. So, yeah, uh, that's all I have for this week. I will see you all in a few days. And enjoy the rest of your week or whenever you're hearing this because I don't know the future. So, see ya. Have a good one.